Well, welcome to our evening service tonight. I'm glad you are all back. We are going to sing page 361, The Lily of the Valley. So if you all want to get standing, we'll get, get standing. We'll get started.
Thank you for being here this evening. Looking forward to a good time together uh, with you and around God's Word. And uh, let's have a word of prayer and we'll uh, begin. Lord, we're grateful for who you are and for what you have done in our lives. Thank you most of all for salvation in Christ and for uh, being the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star. Lord, thank you for allowing us to gather together once again this evening. And uh, thank you for all you've already done in our hearts. But I pray that uh, you would meet with us afresh and anew tonight and that you would give us something that we can take with us. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you just bless our church and our church family. And uh, I just ask that you would, uh, again, be honored and glorified in this service. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing our next song, Victory in Jesus. And if you know the extras in the chorus, go for it. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and sing that together. 812 in your hymnal, but the words will be on the screen. And uh, I'm thankful for the victory that we can have in Christ. And really, outside of a relationship with Christ, there is no victory. And so uh, just a reminder on that. Uh, but uh, may, we do need to work on the extras during the chorus, though. Uh, we were a little weak on the uh, sold and praise God. So we'll have to work on that uh, next time. But anyway, I want to just uh, cover our uh, monthly memory verse uh, for October, Joshua 1.8. Any others who would like to give it a try tonight? My wife is doing this, so does that mean she wants to try? Not, not really. She's not really. <laughs> she knows it, but she'd rather not, you know, for pride's sake, you know, not show off how well she knows it. But anybody like to quote it tonight? All right, well, let's go ahead and say it all together here. Ready, begin. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8. Amen. And I, I, as we were reading through that, I was uh, looking at that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Uh, not just the parts that I like to live, um, but the, all of it. <laughs> and so we're responsible to live the Word of God, uh, the things that we like, and the things that maybe aren't as... Uh, uh, we don't prefer to do as much, and uh, but we, we do need to do those. All right, well, um, we do want to make a couple quick announcements. Uh, I want to remind everybody about the service uh, this Wednesday. Uh, we'll be having a special prayer service as it is the last Wednesday service before the election, and uh, we will be taking some extra time for prayer. And uh, we talked a little bit about that this morning, on the importance of that. And then next Sunday, a week from today, we'll be having Mission Sunday. Uh, Brother Trimble and his wife, and uh, I think they have uh, they have a couple kids. I think does anybody know? They have a a little one. I think at least one little one, maybe two. I can't remember now. Uh, but uh, they'll be with us in the morning. Uh, they'll be uh, he'll be preaching and teaching to the teens during Sunday school, and then uh, presenting his ministry and preaching in the morning service. And then in the evening, I'll be preaching uh, a message on missions. And then we'll be taking up our uh, Faith Promise Missions commitment for the next year and uh, be praying about this and uh, be asking the Lord what He'd have you to give over and above your tithe uh, to worldwide evangelism. I do want to mention that uh, everything that is given in our general fund tithe, uh, actually 10% of that goes into our missions account automatically. But then anything above uh, or dedicated to missions goes into the missions, of course. And uh, that's what we use to support our missionaries financially, to have them in and uh, be a blessing to put them up and things like that. So um, anyway, I uh, just want to remind everybody about uh, this uh, coming Sunday. Also this Thursday, for those involved with the deacon and board of director meeting, we will be having that uh, Thursday night at 6.30 in the conference room. Uh, so just a heads up on that. And uh, Saturday morning, we will be having outreach. If you are able to come to that, that would be a blessing. Uh, several other things coming up. Uh, I do want to mention the Men and Ladies Bible Study. Uh, that's coming up uh, not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. And uh, we just got more ladies uh, Bible study books in, and they're on the table there. If uh, any ladies uh, are interested in being a part of that, um, there are some extra books out there if you want to grab one. And uh, next week we'll be giving you the, the pages to read in preparation for that. Um, reminder about the uh, voter guides we have out there. And uh, you can take one of those uh, for what it's worth, and uh, I think that they, they might be helpful uh, as you uh, make the decision to vote. And uh, one of the things I didn't mention in my message today is um, there's, been a, there's been a growing number of, of Christians who have struggled with their uh, decision on who they're going to vote for based on personality and character of the different candidates and uh, they've been trying to figure out who they can vote for in a good, with a good conscience, clear, clear conscience. And the truth of the matter is, uh, really, until Jesus rules and reigns, every candidate is going to have skeletons in the closet and uh, flaws in their character. Uh, if, if anyone in this room who I love and respect dearly were to run for president, well, the truth of the matter is, you're going to have character flaws, so am I, and we're all going to have skeletons in our closets too. Um, so uh, that's not to excuse the behavior, uh, but it is also uh, not necessarily a reason to not vote for somebody because of their, their platform. We need to make sure that we're voting based on principle according to the biblical principle. And so I uh, just wanted to kind of throw that out there um, because I know that there's, uh, there's, there's some who are even coming out and and uh, writing big posts about and articles about why they should not vote for a certain candidate because of their character. And, uh, and I would agree with them regarding the character issues, but at the same time, we're not voting for uh, the next pastor of America. Uh, we are voting for the president of America. And so that's, there's a little bit of a difference there. And, and, and sure, I wish, I wish uh, they would be qualified to be a pastor, for sure. Uh, but that's just not the case uh, here. And so, uh, 
anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's that's my personal opinion, okay? Um, and uh, that's that's you're welcome. That was free, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and have the children come at this time, and uh, we'll uh, do some memory verses and uh, see what these children are learning uh, today. All right, Mr. Logan, you get to be this guy. Okay, so go see Mr. Logan when you're ready, when you're done with your verse. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy might, with all thy soul and with all thy might. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Yes, sir, good work. And thou shalt love the world thy Lord, thou, thou God, with all thine heart, with all thine soul, with all thine mind. Deuteronomy 6, 7, 5. Good work. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Good job. Uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Deuteronomy 5, 6. Uh, I mean, 6, 5. Uh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Deuteronomy six five, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, soul and with all thy might. Deuteronomy six five. Oh, you already said Deuteronomy six five. Okay, do you want to go next, or do you want your brother to go next? She wants to take it. She's like, I'm ready. Okay. Genesis one one. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the Genesis 1-1. Amen. It's a great verse to learn. Good job. And he changed his mind. Okay, no worries. Miss Veronica came up to me before the service and showed me what she did. She colored my face in all green on the, on the Sunday bulletin. So... <laughs> So I either look like a Martian or uh, the sick emoji. <laughs> so uh, maybe a little of both. So all right, let's all, let's all stand together. We're going to sing our next song together. So Blake, come lead us. Page 705, take the name of Jesus with you. you're standing and uh, just turn to the book of Genesis chapter number 49. Genesis chapter number 49. 
Thank you, Mrs. Stino, for uh, filling in today. We were down a couple pianists. They were out of town. Uh, Miss Rebecca and the Mosleys are out, uh, I believe, going to Tennessee and uh, for a little bit of a vacation, and uh, they're going to miss some of the weather this week, I told them. Uh, but uh, they're, they're out of town, and I'm glad they get a chance to get away. And then um, the McDonald's are out. There was a little uh, procedure that uh, Brother Tom had, and he's doing real well and uh, should be uh, back in his place, their place, on Wednesday night. But I appreciate Mrs. Stino filling in. You've done a great job. Thank you very much for it. All right. Um, well, we need to take up our offering, don't we? I kind of got out of the... Uh, uh, well, let's go ahead and read the, uh, the passage while we are got our Bibles open to Genesis 49. Uh, then we'll pray for the offering, have our special, and then I'll come up and give the message. So I apologize. I kind of jumped, uh, jumped the gun on that. Uh, Genesis 49, uh, verses 1 and 2 is all we're going to read here to start with. It says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together, and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. And uh, let's go ahead and pray for the offering and uh, have our special, and then we'll get into the message. Lord, thank you for allowing us again to be in your house tonight. Thank you for the opportunity now to give. I pray, Lord, you'd bless the offering and uh, bless this uh, message. I pray, Lord, you'd speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, to apply the truth that we'll uh, hear tonight. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. And uh, I've been kind of making mistakes throughout the day, and uh, so it's kind of par for the course uh, today. And uh, let's see if there's any major typos on the screen tonight. We'll see. You never know. I actually haven't, I didn't look at it today, uh, so we'll see. Uh, but there was a pretty, pretty glaring one this morning. Thank you for uh, being willing to uh, pay attention and uh, at least try to stay and pay attention during all that time. But um, so I, apo I apologize. Yeah, now, now you all know how to sub some bit uh, to government. All right. Uh, Genesis 49. Uh, we looked last time, a couple weeks ago, at Genesis 48, and uh, we began this final blessings of Jacob. Part one was last time. And if you recall, we looked at Genesis 48 uh, when he blessed the sons of Joseph. Uh, where they were adopted into the family and made equal as sons of Jacob. Uh, he did that in uh, verses, uh, well, verse number five, he says, And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So he uh, adopted them into his family. And we looked and we talked about the importance of the fact that as believers, we have been adopted into the family of God, and that's a tremendous blessing with the same rights that a blood child would have. And uh, so we talked about that. We also looked at uh, how that was done. Remember, uh, he wanted to, or Joseph thought, okay, well, um, he's going to give the birthright to the oldest because that's what usually happens, and that's not what happened. Remember, he, he changed hands. And uh, Joseph said, well, wait a minute. No, that's not right. And, and, Joseph, and Jacob said in uh, verse number 19, his father refused and said, uh, I know it, my son, I know it. He also should become a people and he shall be great. He did it uh, prophetically and, uh, and because he was uh, living by faith at that point. And so we, we learned several lessons and I won't rehash it for sake of time tonight because we do have a uh, business meeting to get to. 
in just a few minutes. Uh, so chapter 49, uh, I want to kind of start out with this thought. And number one on your outline, if you'd like to take notes, and uh, I, I do not think this is going to be a lengthy message. And if it turns out to be, uh, I will cut it short and uh, we will uh, do this in three parts instead of two. So uh, we first of all see, number one, the serious moment. And uh, this is a serious moment as uh, Jacob gets his children, his, his boys there, and uh, begins to issue these words. These are kind of his last parting words before he uh, in, ends his life here on this earth. And so in verses 1 and 2, give us uh, some information about the, the serious moment. First of all, this moment was a moment of prophecy. In verse 1, it says, gather yourselves together. He, he tells his sons, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. So what he's about to tell them is going to be prophetical. It's not going to be just like, hey, this is what you get. And I can just imagine, you know, the, the guys coming around like, oh, dad's about to die and he's going to he's going to issue all the blessings. He's going to tell us what we're all going to get. And so, you know, they all gather around. They're like, OK, what am I going to get? You know, I wonder how much he's going to leave me. But really what he gave them more important than uh the things that he gave them was this prophecy of what was going to take place in their lives later on. And uh, whether it, 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 a lot of it didn't happen necessarily within their lifetime, but what would happen to their tribe as it would continue on. So it was a moment of prophecy, and so they were uh, learning what was going to take place in their lives and in the lives of their uh, descendants that would come uh, after them. So it was a moment of prophecy, but it was also a moment of judgment. Uh, again, I, I think it was a time where they thought, oh boy, what am I going to get? You know, How much money am I going to get and walk away from uh, after he ends up uh, kicking the bucket? You know, What am I going to get? Uh, like maybe some people in this culture do, you know, waiting for a, a rich relative to die so that they can get all their money. And uh, I don't know if that's what these boys were thinking here, but, but certainly... They were a little bit uh, taken back, I'm sure, as the chapter goes on, when uh, Jacob uses this opportunity to uh, give some type of judgment to his boys for previous behavior, for uh, things that they had done in the past. He doesn't bring it up and, and, and throw it in their face and, uh, you know, just to make them look bad to everybody else, but it was a time of judgment. And it, it points to the fact that there is going to be a judgment day for all of us as believers as well. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. So it was a moment of judgment, but it was also a moment of blessing as well. Uh, he does bless his boys uh, in spite of some of the things that they had done in their past. There is blessing that is handed out. And uh, we, we see this uh, as, as it's all done in verse number 28. It says this, All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is it, that their father spake unto them, and blessed them, every one according to his blessing, he blessed them. So it was indeed a time of blessing. It was a time of passing out some good things and, and some encouragement uh, for the future. So it was a serious moment, but let's look, number two, at the specific blessings, the specific blessings. And uh, tonight we're going to go through uh, these 11 specific blessings uh, by way of rapid fire, okay? Uh, we could almost take an entire uh, service or message on each of these 11, but for sake of time, I'm going to try to do my best to go through them as quickly as I can. So hang with me. All right, we come to first, in verse number three, the first one is Reuben. And uh, verse three and four, I'll read that. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed. Then defilest thou it, he went up to my couch." So that, those were the words that he gave to his firstborn, Reuben. Now, I want to take a quick time out in this message and uh, do a retraction. If, how many of you know uh, uh, newspapers that have 
uh, printed something that they had to issue a re- or print a retraction the following day or a week later or whatever. Well, that's what I'm going to do tonight. Because uh, I misspoke the last time uh, I, we were here in, in chapter 48 a couple weeks ago. I, I mentioned that a Reuben, uh, his mom's name was Billa. That is incorrect. Uh, his mom's name was, anybody know? Leah. And uh, so I misspoke on that one. The point was, he did have immoral relationships with Billa. Uh, she was not his mom, but she was his stepmom. A sin, a great, horrible sin nonetheless, which cost him his birthright. And uh, that's what it says here in verse number four. Unstable is water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed. Then defilest thou it, he went up to my couch. He said, because of your sin... Uh, you lost the birthright that was due you. And in verse number three, he talks about Reuben being his firstborn, being uh, a man of great potential. Uh, He said, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. I mean, if anybody in the family had tremendous potential, it was Reuben, and yet he threw away his potential for a moment of pleasure. And uh, I want to just encourage, especially the firstborns here uh, this evening, and I won't take a lot of time with this, but, but God has given you tremendous potential for the Lord. Please don't throw it away. Please use it for God's glory. Uh, please use uh, your natural abilities that God gave you as a firstborn for his glory. Don't use it for uh, your own uh, glory or for your own pleasure like Reuben did. Now, Reuben threw away the potential that he had for the Lord so that he could have uh, a night of pleasure. It wasn't worth it. And Reuben is standing there among his other brethren at the bed of his dad, his deathbed, and uh, he's hearing this, and it's probably he has tremendous regret in his heart. And uh, so Reuben, he lost his birthright because of his sin. He had so much potential, yet he threw it away. Please don't throw away the potential, especially you young people have for the Lord, for what this world has to offer. And uh, Reuben did that, and uh, he uh, grew to regret that as well. So we see Reuben. Uh, next, let's look at Simeon and Levi, and these are the, this is the only time two of the brothers are mentioned in one section. The rest of them are all individual, except for Simeon and Levi, because these two, I can, I, I don't know this, but I'm just speculating that they were like super close together. Like when one did something, the other one was right next to them. And uh, they just Simeon and Levi were always together. And uh, here's what he says, Jacob does in verse 5. Simeon and Levi are brethren. I mean, obviously they are, but I think that they kind of felt like that they were a special, they had a special bond that they didn't have with the other uh, brothers. So Simeon and Levi are brethren. But then he says, instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor. Be be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So, as Simeon and Levi are, are there, he, he, he calls them brethren, and probably they thought, yeah, we are pretty tight, you know. We're brothers. Everything you do, I do. Well, the problem was they were involved in some pretty uh, cruel and uh, harsh and uh, fierce issue, uh, situation in, back in uh, chapter 34 when they avenged their sister Dinah. Dina. If uh, you want to take your Bible and turn back over to chapter 34 super quick, we won't do this for all of them, but I just want to look at this here. Uh, chapter 34, verse 1, And Dina, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamer, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her, lay with her, and defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dina, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel. Well, verse number five, Jacob heard that, his, that he had defiled Dina, his daughter. Now his sons were with 
his cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace until they were come. And uh, I won't go through the whole chapter, but let's jump down to uh, uh, verse number 24. And unto Hamer and to Shechem his son hearkened all that went out of the gate of his city, and every male was circumcised all that went out of the gate of his city. Verse number 25, it came to pass on the third day when they were sore that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dina's brethren, uh, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. They slew Hamer and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword, and took Dina out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain, spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep, their oxen, their asses, and that which was in the city and that which was in the field, and all their wealth and all their little ones, and their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. Jacob said to Simeon, Okay, so here, now dad hears about the situation, and uh, here's what he says. Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, Ye have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they kind of said, should, I, should he deal with our sisters with an harlot? Instead of repenting and getting right and, and uh, trying to be respectful to their dad, they were super defensive about this whole situation. And instead, uh, you know, instead of getting right, they uh, were cruel and uh, they defended their actions. Well, they, uh, Jacob kind of let it go at that point, but now we come to Genesis 49. Uh, I'm sure that that's in his mind now as he is, there's no question that that was in his mind as he now is uh, conversing and, and talking to these two boys. So Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty are they in their habitations. So they're extremely cruel, and as a result, uh, they get this uh, curse, verse number seven, cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So they were called out for their cruelty in chapter 34. And by the second census in Numbers 26, these two tribes were the smallest tribes of the bunch. So as a result of their cruelty and their fierce anger that they uh, defended, they were made the smallest tribes of the bunch. Simeon later was largely, largely absorbed by Judah in Joshua 19, we won't take the time to look there, but Joshua 19 records how uh, the, the tribe of Simeon was basically uh, taken up in Judah. And then Levi ultimately was given the priesthood responsibilities after Levi made their stand known when Moses, you remember this, after he came down from the mount with the uh, and, uh, and, and heard the noise and come, came down and said, who is on the Lord's side? Do you remember that? Let him come unto me. Well, in, in, that was found in Exodus 32. Well, it was all the sons of Levi who gathered themselves together unto him, and it was because of that maneuver, because of that bold stand that they took for the Lord, uh, God gave them the responsibility of the priesthood. And so uh, that's Simeon and Levi and the blessing there that they got to, to a point, uh, but they were also judged because of their previous behavior. And then we come to... Uh, let her see here, Judah, Judah in verse number eight, and uh, I would encourage and invite and implore you to do further study on each of these. It is a worthy study, uh, but I want to I want to move on with our series, and uh, and uh, we could get bogged down here, and so I'm kind of just skimming through the. I'm I'm just giving you the tip of the iceberg, really. But uh, verse number 8 talks about Judah. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, my son. Thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion who shall rouse him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. 
All right, very simply, here's a couple uh, quick thoughts regarding Judah. Judah didn't have the best past. Uh, Judah didn't have, uh, he, he, he kind of was a prodigal son for a bit. Uh, he married uh, an Ethiopian wife, uh, I believe, and, and then uh, his boys, he, he failed in his parenting so much so that his boys were so evil that God killed them because of how evil they had gotten. And uh, finally, Judah comes back to the family and uh, gets right with God. And then remember, as he is talking to his dad about uh, going down and in, in, into Egypt, and he says, look, use, don't just use my sons as collateral. I want you to use me as collateral. You remember he did that? Well, as a result of that, now Judah gets praised quite a bit here. Uh, he Jacob saw Judah as a leader in verse number 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. And so Judah is going to be a leader down the road. And uh, from here on out, Judah was going to be a leader. Jacob saw him as a lion in verse number 9. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couches a lion and is an old lion who shall rouse, rouse him up. Lion, of course, is the king of the jungle. Who's the king of the jungle? Um, a lion is. And uh, this was signifying the fact that Judah was going to be strong and he was going to be uh, a ruler uh, for days to come. But then Jacob not only saw him as a leader and saw him as a lion, but Jacob also saw the Lord through Judah as well. In verse number 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver come uh, from between his feet until Shiloh come. Uh, Shiloh is uh, from a word that means peace, uh, very closely related to shalom. And a lot of people believe that this is a reference to the Prince of Peace, to the Messiah, and certainly Jesus indeed, our Messiah, came from uh, the tribe of Judah. And so this is a prophetic uh, or prophecy relating to that. And so he looked all the way uh, into Bethlehem here in verse number 10. And then in uh, verses 11 and 12, uh, Jacob saw the land that uh, Judah would have, binding his foal into the vine. And uh, basically this language is talking about how the land that he would inherit eventually would be very uh, fruitful and, and uh, very vibrant, uh, and it would just be uh, very uh, rich. And so that's the blessing that Judah received here. And uh, really the greatest blessing, I think, was verse 10 when he got to be part of the line of Christ. I mean, that's, that's a blessing that is really unspeakable. All right, we come to letter D, Zebulun. Zebulun, uh, probably call him, I'm sure he went by Zeb uh, for short, but uh, he was the youngest of Leah's sons, and uh, well, let's read here what's, what it says in verse 13, Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea, he shall be for an haven of ships, and his border shall be unto Zidon. So Zebulun would enjoy prosperity for maritime commerce, his land would be walked on eventually by the Son of God, and many of his Mightiest miracles would be done on the land of Zebulun. Matthew 4, 15 says this, The land of Zebulun, the land of Nephtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, but them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. So uh, not a ton is said about Zebulun, and, and, and we could do further study on it, but um, Jacob didn't spend a lot of time talking to him. Uh, but uh, and so we won't either. <laughs> uh, all right, number fourteen or number uh, number five here, or letter E, Issachar, and uh, verse number fourteen. Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens, and he saw that rest was good in the land that it was pleasant, and bowed his shoulder to bear, and became a servant unto tribute. So I, Issachar here was likened to a strong donkey who loved his comfort and his ease. Uh, that's the way that uh, Jacob painted it here. Issachar is a strong donkey couching between two burdens. And he saw that rest was good and the land was, that it was pleasant. And so he was more concerned with comfort and ease and 
he didn't really desire to fight uh, for his land later on. He became a servant unto tribute, the Bible says here. He failed to fight for his independence, and as a result, he was... Uh, and as a result was servanthood to others. But the tribe of Issachar wasn't all bad. It was the men of Issachar, if you remember, who had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. And they also took the lead in welcoming uh, David back to the throne in First Chronicles chapter 12, if you want to write that reference down and look at that a little later to see uh, what these men of Issachar uh, did. And so... Again, Issachar, not a lot said there and a lot, not a lot known about him. Uh, but uh, let's go down to the next one, Dan. Dan, we have a couple Dans here tonight. So uh, this is maybe who you guys, well, you guys are named after Daniel. So you can, uh, you, got a, you get a little excuse. Um, but uh, verse 16 through 18 talk about Dan. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels, so that his rider shall fall backward. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. So Dan was the first son to be born to Rachel by proxy, by Billah, uh, the handmaiden there. And out of Dan would come uh, one of the great leaders who, again, had tremendous potential, threw it away for uh, his weakness, because he had tremendous strength, he also had tremendous weaknesses. Uh, his name was Samson, and uh, Samson came from the tribe of Dan, and uh, he would forever be a legend, and even still today, we're talking about how, uh, how wonderful and uh, how neat Samson's story was. Well, the tribe of Dan uh, also introduced idolatry in Judges chapter 18, which caused the nation to fall. And many scholars believe uh, that the Antichrist would come from the tribe of Dan, which may explain why the tribe of Dan is absent from the list of tribes in 1 Chronicles chapter 2 through 8 and in Revelation chapter 7. Uh, so when you read through those, the, the tribe of Dan is missing, and you're wondering why. Uh, a lot of people do attribute it to the idolatry found in Judges 18. And it could be also that the Antichrist does come from the tribe of Dan. I'll let you do your own study. I'm not preaching that as, as absolute truth because I don't know for sure. But uh, chapter or verse 17 is a difficult uh, verse, and uh, it could have reference to that. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backwards. It very well could be. All right, that's Dan. Next, we come to Gad, uh, verse number... 19, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. So uh, the type of land that Gad ended up inheriting was under constant attack. However, uh, because of the prophecy here, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. So he's going to be the one that's on the victorious side. He was an overcomer. And uh, one notable a uh, person that came from the tribe of Dan was uh, the Old Testament prophet named Elijah, who called down fire from heaven, was from the tribe of Gad. Next we have Asher in uh, verse number 20. Out of Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Uh, very quickly, this tribe would have fertile agricultural land that would produce food fit for a king. So that's about all I have on that one. Let's move on to the next one. Naphtali, verse 21. Is a hind let loose, he giveth goodly words. Naphtali, the, the, the hind here has to do with a wild deer. They're hard to tame. Have you ever seen a tame deer? Uh, most, most of us haven't. Now, there, there are some exceptions to the rule there, but, but he puts here, uh, here, he says in verse 21, a hind let loose. So this is the idea of a wild deer, hard to tame, with a passion for freedom. And uh, that's, that's somebody who just kind of wants to be Mr. or Miss Independent, right? Uh, guys, I need you to pay attention up here if you could. That would be a blessing. Uh, Naphtali was wanting to be free from everyone and everything, which can be a good thing, but it can also be a very difficult thing. 
Uh, it can be hard. It, it could be uh, like the prodigal son. I want to go and experience everything there is to experience. And that was now. Um, now, he ended up uh, doing some good things because the Bible says here, he giveth goodly words. Um, some suggested that he was the spokesman to Jacob about the fact that Joseph was alive and well and in charge of Egypt. Um, he, some think that he was the first one back because he was the fastest runner of the bunch, and he couldn't wait to tell Dad that th- their brother Joseph is alive. Uh, it could have been. Uh, I don't know. But uh, he was a, uh, a hind let loose, so kind of, kind of a wild, wild, wild guy, but he, he giveth goodly words. And uh, it was probably one of those, oh boy, got to watch out for Naphtali because you never know where he could go. Um, and uh, that's all I have on that. All right, number next, Joseph. Joseph, verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, even the stone of Israel, even by the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have uh, prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills, they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. So uh, kind of broken down into four different uh, categories. Um, Here uh, Jacob mentions Joseph's fruitfulness in uh, verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. He is also uh, deals with tremendous foes in verse number 23. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Uh, I think that was probably a reference to what he had experienced in the past with his brothers who tried to uh, sell him, in, well, sold him into slavery and, and even tried to, thought about killing him for a, a spell. And then he talks about not only his fruitfulness, foes, but then his faith in verse 24. Uh, But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. And so his, through, even though he was under attack, even though he was fought against, he he kept his faith in God. And that's really the whole theme of what we're looking at in this series, the Romans 8.28 man, keeping your faith in God even when times are tough, knowing that God will work all things together for good. And uh, I think that that's what verse 24 is referring to. And then uh, we see uh, fullness and his fullness in verses 25 and 26. And we won't go into detail on that. Uh, We've been looking at Joseph throughout this whole series. But uh, let's hit Benjamin here, the last one, letter K. Uh, Verse 27, it says, Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. So we've seen several different animals, uh, these boys likened to animals, haven't we? We've seen a, a, a deer, we've seen a lion, we've seen a donkey, and now we see a wolf. We've also seen a serpent. Uh, so several different animals represented here. Um, I, I don't know that I would really want to be likened to a donkey, but uh, that's, that's what he was. Well, Benjamin, though, was likened to a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. This gives the idea that he was more of he was the the best warrior of the bunch, and uh, probably the most military um, gifted in uh, of the of the of the different tribes. As I think of Benjamin, I think of uh, two Sauls who came forth from the tribe of Benjamin. Remember Saul of Kish, who became the first king of Israel, and then we have in the New Testament Saul of Tarsus. Uh, from the tribe of Benjamin, who became the Apostle Paul, who uh, wrote a good portion of the New Testament. So he had quite an inheritance there with both of those Sauls coming out of his tribe. We made it through all 11 of these specific blessings. Thank you for hanging with me. And here's really the message, number three uh, tonight, and we'll cover this very quickly, and that is the significant lessons uh, of what we just read and uh, what 
is going to happen uh, to us later on. First of all, judgment day is coming for us all. One day we too are going to be gathered together. Now, we'll all stand separately before the Lord and give an account for each of our individual lives, but we will have a day of judgment just like these boys had as they faced their dad. Um, One day you and I are going to answer for our lives and we are going to give an account. Um, And it's also going to be a day of blessing as well a day of prophecy perhaps on what's going to uh, come to us in the millennial reign of Christ as we uh, take rulership and we rule and reign with him. And so he's at that point going to judge us and also give us uh, responsibilities perhaps on what we are going to be doing in the millennial reign. Romans chapter 14, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 all have... uh, I'll refer to this day that I am talking about, the day of the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14, verse 10, Why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. At that point, it's not going to matter what everybody else thought about me. It's not going to matter what this church thought of me. It's not going to matter at all of what uh, everybody's opinion of me is. It doesn't matter. I'm going to have to give an account to God for my actions. And by the way, so are you. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, For no foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a ward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Uh, There's going to be a lot of people, and me included, who are going to have some things pass through the fire, uh, things in my life that are going to pass through the fire that are going to be burned up because they are wood, hay, and stubble, things that did not matter for eternity, uh, things that I spent my time on, things that I spent my money on, things that I spent my energy on that do not matter for eternity, wood, hay, and stubble. And uh, there's going to be regret, but I am praise the Lord that I'm still going to be there. The Bible says, He shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. I'm still going to be there, and it is interesting as you go through the uh, uh, Genesis 49, none of the boys, no matter what they had, de- that what they had done, none of them had been cast aside. Uh, Jacob never said to any of them, well, you did this, therefore I disown you. Uh, no, they may have missed out on some blessings, but they did not ever get uh, disowned. And, and I'm thankful for the fact that once I'm saved, I'll, I'm always saved, and, and uh, even though I may miss out on some blessings. I'm going to be saved. Uh, Even though I may suffer loss, I myself shall be saved, yet so by his fire. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Uh, There is coming a day when you and I will stand before and appear before that judgment seat. And... uh, You can try to give all the excuses you want to give. You can blame everybody you want to blame. You can argue with the judgment that's coming your way. You can't. I mean, everything that Jesus is going to say is correct. These boys, they didn't didn't raise their hand and they said, well, wait a minute, that ain't fair. Why why does so-and-so get more than I get? And how come I... No, there was no arguing there. And there will be no arguing at the judgment seat of Christ. It'll... Jesus is there, and everything he's going to say is going to be correct, and we'll receive it well, and we'll understand that Jesus knows everything, and we'll, uh, we'll accept it because he's going to be just in that moment. So judgment day is coming for us all, but then uh, let her be here. Future blessings are determined by past behavior. As we look at these boys, the things that they did in the past affected the blessing that came or the blessing that didn't come their way. And as we look at our lives, our 
past and even current and, and even future behavior before the judgment seat of Christ is going to affect that moment that we stand before the Lord. Future blessings are determined by past behavior. Jeremiah chapter 5, uh, verses 23 and 25. I read this in my Bible reading this week, and it fit right here, and I thought, I'm going to put it in here. It says, But this people hath a revolting and rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain, both the former and the latter in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. But then here's the key verse in verse 25. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. You see, our sins can withhold blessings. You say, oh, I thought when we sin, we get negative consequences. Yeah, one of the negative consequences, sometimes when we sin, we're kind of waiting for the lightning to hit us, right? You know, oh, I sinned and nothing, nothing bad happened. Good. I got away with it. No, maybe the consequence is what he says here. Your sins have withholden good things from you. God wanted to pour out a blessing.